6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. While the murder trial of ex-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin continues, the jurors being told that Chauvin received extensive training in how to recognize someone in crisis and calm them down. Sergeant Kerr Yang is the uh, police official in charge of training officers on handling crises. And today he became the latest Minneapolis Police Department member to take the stand as prosecutors try to prove that Chauvin failed to follow his training when he kneeled on George Floyd's neck. Now, Yang's testimony came a day after the police chief, Madaria Arredondo, said that continuing to kneel on Floyd's neck that Chauvin, by, with Chauvin continuing to kneel on Floyd's neck once he was handcuffed behind his back and lying on his stomach, well, the police chief said that violated his training and department policy. Is what you see in Exhibit 17, in your opinion, within Minneapolis Police Departmental Policy 5-300, authorizing the use of reasonable force? It is not. And why not? That is... That is uh, it has to be objectively reasonable. We have to take into account uh, the circumstances, information, the threat to the officer, the threat to others, um, and we um, the severity of that. Uh, so that is not uh, part of our policy. That is not what we teach. So that was the police chief. So there's a lot to look at as the trial continues. I'm thankful to have Janelle Klein, a reporter with NBC affiliate CARE 11 News in Minneapolis, join us once again today. Janelle, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jaylan. Appreciate you having me. All right. I'm curious to know, you know, I'm looking at the number of police officers who are testifying against, you know, a former member of the service um, and, and, you know, about the actions of, 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 of Chauvin. What does that say to you or what is there significance to that, Janelle? I think from the very beginning, we knew that this case was going to come down to two big issues. Number one, what will the jury believe as to how George Floyd was killed? Was it a pre-existing medical condition or was it Derek Chauvin's knee on his back? The other thing it's going to come down to is how was Derek Chauvin trained to respond to situations like this? And mm. did he follow proper training? And what we've seen the last two days, including from his own chief of police, is that in their testimony, in their belief, he did not follow procedure and did not react the way he was trained to do. Janelle, that um, kneeling on the neck, that neck restraint that we saw, if I remember correctly, I thought Minneapolis police had that on their books, that it could be used, and it was taken out after the death of Mr. Floyd, or was that able to be used until handcuffed, restrained, and then it violates? Can you refresh my memory on that? Yeah, that was something that we saw uh, testimony about yesterday, and you are correct. It was something that um, was part of training at one point with the Minneapolis Police Department. However, the chief made very clear that it was something that should only be used in a short time frame until the subject stops resisting arrest, and in this case, George Floyd verbalizing that he was having difficulty breathing. So that's where we see uh, Chauvin's actions come into question. And since that time, the Minneapolis Police Department actually has banned chokeholds. So that's something that now they've made more clear should not be used.
So there was a t there was testimony today, I believe, from an off-duty firefighter. Uh, her name's Genevieve Hansen. She was uh, she took the stand. She had been begging police officers to stop and and let her help him. Can you tell us more about about her testimony, Janelle? Yeah, she was one of the bystanders uh, that saw this happen last May 25th. And, and just as a coincidence, she happened to be a Minneapolis firefighter. So, of course, trained in emergency response. And her testimony was very emotional and um, very difficult to listen to at times, as was all of the bystanders' testimony. But she talked about having been trained as a medical professional, having seen police officers as her equals, as public servants, and how difficult it was to watch this happen to George Floyd when she felt like she was one of the people that could have provided assistance mm -hmm. to him. Um, in fact, one of the quotes that I think stands out to a lot of people is, uh, George Floyd's defense attorney asking her if if it was upsetting and, and that she seemed upset and her response was I don't know if you've ever seen someone murdered but it is upsetting. Janelle Klein joining me this afternoon. Janelle, uh, a reporter with NBC affiliate CARE 11 News in Minneapolis, and she's been covering the Derek Chauvin trial um, and has been covering this um, since it happened um, back uh, early last year. There was an ER doctor who took the stand yes yesterday, I believe it was. He was the ER doctor that treated Mr. Floyd. His testimony from uh, from what I had seen was very, you know, calm, cool, deliberate. Uh, someone uh, described him as being a, a, a perfect perfect witness in, 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 in his answers. I'm curious to know, though, about um, there was some, I think, cross-examination, Janelle, about the potential of drugs in Mr. Floyd's body. What do we know about that? Because I think that that is where the defense is going to go with this. Unquestionably, that is really the centerpiece of their defense, and they've made that quite clear as they're trying to lay the foundation for that here during the first few days here of testimony. What they're going to argue is that George Floyd's death was not at all caused by any action of Derek Chauvin, that the knee on the neck had nothing to do with his death, but that instead George Floyd was uh, highly at risk as a person who had a previous heart condition who was recovering from COVID and who had a very high level of drugs in the system. So that's something that we're going to hear continually and I expect to hear a lot more of that before this trial is over because that really is going to the heart of Mm -hmm. what the jury has to believe in order to either convict or acquit Derek Chauvin. Yeah, we're going to have to wait for, for more of that. But you can start to see the, the, found, uh, the, the foundation being laid towards that, certainly in cross-examination. We know that there's no decision from the court yet on whether the man who was with George Floyd on the day he died will be forced to testify. Um, are, are we? Ex is there a, has there been a date set when we might find out about that? That's something that the judge is still considering at this point, but the person in question was with George Floyd in the car mm -hmm. when that arrest happened. And George Floyd's girlfriend earlier in the trial had testified that he was often someone who supplied both her and George Floyd with mm -hmm. drugs. So the question becomes, will he implicate himself? Will he put himself in legal danger if he's testifying and so um, I think the question is can we work out a way or can the judge work out a way to get his testimony to establish what happened on May 25th 
without putting himself in legal jeopardy. Janelle, I'm wondering about uh, you know we we've all seen that we've all seen that video um, that was shot from a from a bystander, and uh, that that person was was on the stand as well recently. Um, are we expecting to see alternate? video alternate body cam evidence be submitted maybe different angles that sort of thing well, we've seen quite a few different videos uh, the original you might remember the one that sort of made worldwide headlines was shot by a 17 year old girl mm-hmm. who was just walking to that same convenience store with her young cousin and a friend and that is the one that we've all seen this past year but what's been new in this trial is that they've introduced as evidence the body cameras worn by the four officers on the scene including Derek Chauvin and I think what's been so compelling about that including with that original uh, video from the bystanders is that you can hear the conversations Mm -hmm. you can hear the bystanders yelling out at law enforcement to help George Floyd to take the knee off the neck you can hear George Floyd telling them repeatedly that he can't breathe begging for his mother it really is emotional and difficult to hear that and in fact George Floyd's family members who have been in the courtroom have said that has been for them one of the most difficult parts of the trial is hearing his voice over and over on those videos. Without a doubt Uh, Janelle I'd I'd heard about uh, some of the video that might be presented and it was just um, you know speculation or um, uh, from another defense attorney suggesting that some of that video shows that when Mr. Floyd's neck was lifting up when he was lifting his head up that um, Mr. Chauvin's knee was lifting up as well and suggesting that they might try to say that it was his neck wasn't pinned have you have you heard anything about that I haven't heard a lot about that but we have heard testimony as to whether uh, George uh, George Floyd was, as you said, being pinned, and whether Derek Chauvin was actually adjusting his position mm-hmm. to make it more difficult for George Floyd to breathe. The move that we've heard during testimony is called a shimmy. So was George, Derek Chauvin using this shimmy move to actually restrain George Floyd further, and mm-hmm. could that have further impeded his breathing? And that was part of the testimony that we heard earlier this week. Do we know if Mr. Chauvin's going to testify? That is the million dollar question. We know that the other three officers will not be testifying, but his defense counsel has given no indication whatsoever as to whether he himself will be taking the stand. And quite frankly, that could be sort of a game time decision. They could be weighing how the trial is going thus far and just decide even as late as the day before that they want to put him on the stand. But that's something everybody Mm -hmm. who's following this case is eagerly watching. Janelle, how much time has been set aside for this trial? Well, there's been different estimates. I think that, you know, it could go through the month of April, but it is moving a lot quicker than I think anyone expected. Many people said we should allow the entire month, that it could take at least that long. But thus far, it's moved far faster than expected. And so, you know, there's a chance that we could see deliberations as early as next week or the week after. Wow. Has there been talk about how uh, the community is preparing for whatever verdict will come in this case? Absolutely. I think everyone in Minneapolis and really the state of Minnesota would agree that there was not enough preparation. And what occurred after Uh, George Floyd's death was entirely unexpected. So law enforcement and other community agencies, government has spent the last year 
extensively planning for this trial and have been very open with the fact that they have all hands on deck to be prepared for any sort of reaction that comes after this verdict. Um, And that's something that I think they've worked very hard on and they are determined that they are not going to see the kind of destruction that they saw last spring. Janelle, I'm curious to know how uh, Minneapolis has been healing from this. Are, Are things still pretty raw? Are we waiting to find out what the verdict is going to be in this trial? Have there been any signs of of healing? I think this is the culmination of a very long, difficult history that the community has had with the Minneapolis Police Department. It certainly wasn't the first difficult incident that occurred uh, with the department, and in particular with people of color. The black community has suffered greatly uh, with this relationship between uh, the Minneapolis Police Department and so I think, you know, what's interesting about the George Floyd case is that it sort of captured the world's attention in large part because of that video. But for people who have experienced this over the course of many years, this was sort of the culmination of all of those incidents together. The Minneapolis Police Department has been under fire for several years, including in previous legal cases for their actions on the job. Um, so this is not the first time the city of Minneapolis has been held accountable where an officer has acted in a way that was deemed uh, inappropriate and caused a loss of life. Before I let you go, my last question, what are we expecting uh, next or what should we be watching out for as far as testimony uh, in the coming days? I think the big thing that we'll really want to be watching for is, again, what is Derek Chauvin going to present in his defense? So far, I think the defense really has had a hard time refuting some of the prosecution's uh, testimony and some of the witnesses. They've been very strong. They've been very compelling. Um, But again, at the heart of this case is going to be how will the jury decide the manner in which George Floyd died. Will they believe it was the knee on the neck or will they believe it was pre-existing medical conditions and possibly drug use? Mm-hmm. And those are going to be the things that they're really going to go to. And then again, the things that we've been talking about recently, which is how was Derek Chauvin trained and did he follow that? Did he follow the way he should have been responding to this case? So whether he'll testify in his own defense remains to be seen. But those issues are really what the defense is going to have to focus on. Janelle, I sure appreciate you making time for us on a busy day. Thank you once again. Absolutely, Jalen. Take care. Thank you. You too. Janelle Klein joining me this afternoon. She's a reporter with the uh, NBC affiliate CARE 11 News in Minneapolis. She has been covering this since May 25th. Uh, We've had her on the show in the days after uh, George Floyd's death, and uh, you've heard from her and her extensive reporting on this. Interesting. I don't know if you caught it this morning or not, but... um, Defense lawyer Ari Goldkind was on with Chelsea Bird, and it was early. It was an early one. I think it was about ten after six this morning, maybe six twenty-five. And he was going through some of these things as well, and very interesting from a defense perspective. And you know, Janelle touched on a number of those things. You know, kind of laying that, laying the groundwork for you know that the possibility, the defense trying to prove that. 
George Floyd died from pre-existing health conditions, from uh, drugs in his system, whereas uh, the prosecutors trying to prove that um, Mr. Floyd died from that knee to the neck and, uh, and a lack of oxygen. So we will continue to watch this, but if you get a chance, you might want to go back and uh, take a listen to Mr. Um, Goldkind's um, interview with uh, with Chelsea this morning it was it was quite interesting as well